0: Today on Season 3, Episode 3 of the Unknown Packers Podcast, Bryce and I take a jaunt down memory lane as we get to know each other better as Packers fans. Our guests go through it, why not us? We talk Packers past and present, favorite Packers moments, and dive into the roots of our Packers fandom. XFL News makes its return, we talk the Packers' newest acquisition, hot topics, and of course, Bryce sweats out another round of seven questions. Let's gather around, but not too close. This is an episode you won't want to miss. And now it's time for getting to know you on tap.
1: This is Green Bay. Green Bay, Green Bay. Thank you so much for following the Unknown Packers podcast.
0: Yes. Touchdown! Dagger! Al Harris, 56 yards! Oh. Tuning is everything, but it's the only thing.
1: Green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Unknown Packers Podcast.
1: Green and yellow, green and yellow, green and
0: yellow, green and, and yellow. And let me tell you this, Green Bay is a great town.
1: This is Green Bay, Green Bay, Green Bay. And welcome to the Unknown Packers Podcast for getting to know you on TAP. I am your co-host Bryce Christensen and alongside me I've got Nibbles, my other brother from another mother, the soothing, sexy sounds of the magician behind the scenes. How are you doing today?
0: Oh, I am doing well, Bryce. I got to get out of the house this afternoon, uh, put out some literal fires. It was awesome. It yeah, was awesome. Yeah, you're a fire starter now. W- what's that about? Uh, my neighborhood, uh, we live, we have a lot of prairie land around our neighborhood, and just part of the normal maintenance that needs to be burned every other year. Uh, and, you know, we kind of You know, we do it every spring and fall because there is a massive amount of prairie land that we have around here. And if we wanted to get a a professional crew in here, they charge about seven hundred dollars an hour. So we have a couple of former firefighters in our neighborhood that put on a burn school every couple of years to teach the residents how to do these fires and and maintain the prairie land properly. And the local fire department has been gracious enough to allow us to do these so, when the weather is right, we go out and and burn the prairie land. So that's what I was doing all afternoon. and it was it was awesome to get outside outside this glorious weather. you know, walking around with a tank full of water and a torch in hand. i I don't see anything better. <laughs> no, that sounds pretty, pretty, pretty badass.
1: i oh, yeah, <laughs> when you said this is what I'm doing right now, i'm you know, I'm taking care of fires. I'm like, oh man, literally. so right well here we have it we have a getting to know you i'm getting to know you a little bit more i didn't know that you were this fire starter i did see something but i will have to admit it did not uh, register until you sent me that picture again so i'm getting to know you a little bit more but you know with our whole guest episodes we've had matt fralick ken angles jacob westendorf the wonderful perry goldstein and we just had dusty evely for our tuesday release oh yeah and all of the tap episodes, they are named after our guest that we're hosting for that specific episode. And we figured, you know, last week we talked about the CBA. We talked about the salary cap. It was also this whole, you know, we're all bamboozled with what's going on with COVID-19 and coronavirus. So you know listening back on the episode i could feel that we were we were missing some juice missing some pizzazz and i think rightfully so we were still trying to get acclimated and we still are trying to get acclimated so i hope everyone is staying safe and healthy and staying at home and uh we'll we'll, we'll get through this together but we appreciate you tuning into the Unknown Packers podcast. And so we're gonna do guest episodes or guest episode questions with myself and Neebles. Oh, yeah. So, so the get, three, the three dis- structured questions. <laughs> what were you
0: gonna say? Say like getting to know us better.
1: <laughs> <laughs> getting to know us. So three structured questions that we ask all our guests, we're gonna ask each other. So you guys get to know a little bit more about us. And then in the second half, we'll have a wow, a surprise XFL review. We've got some XFL Yikes. news. Woo! And then we've got some GM questions where you, you know, fire off some uh, questions aimed at me. And I try to do my best. I, I hold on for dear life. And then we'll do our hot topics. We'll talk oh, yeah. about Devin Funches just signing a one year contract with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, and we'll follow that up with my other brother from another mother, the better half of the bearded duo, Jeremiah Wayman, co founder and graphic designer. He had a question about nice. the receivers. And another friend of mine, Steve, Steve Hughes talks about Rashawn Gary wants to know a little bit about him. And then we'll talk about Tyler Irvin to wrap up getting to know you. With all that said, let's start off with our first question, Neebles. Yes, sir. How, how did you
0: become a Packers fan? Oh, man, I, I hope you're sitting down because this is a long, exciting story. Oh but okay. not really. <laughs> I was going to say it can't be too long.
1: We have we have a time, you know, we've time of actually Do we? No. Do we, we though? No, no we don't. No we don't. I'm actually this is I'd probably be watching TV right now or practicing social distancing in my That's backyard. Right. So That's this right. Is, <laughs> yeah, you you take however long you need to take oh, on How, wait, how you became a Packers fan.
0: <laughs> well, uh, long story short, now I'll draw it out a little bit here. I was born into it. Um, both of my, my grandparents, my great grandparents, they're all from Wisconsin. Uh, my grandpa was born here in Illinois. I'm just outside of Chicago for those who don't know. And my, my dad was also born in Illinois here and I was born in Illinois, but, uh, all my distant relatives there are from the Wisconsin area. My grandpa went to college up in Wisconsin. He went to Carroll college where he met my grandmother and, you know, they dated for a while and I'm getting married, blah, 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 blah. And then ultimately ended up moving down to Highland Park where I was, my dad was born and I was born and, and, and whatever, but they were Packer fans. So my dad was a Packer fan. So I was raised a Packer fan. Kind of the good thing about that, you know, living in Chicago, the Chicagoland area, obviously it is Tough, it was tough for me growing up a Packer fan. All my friends were Bears fans, and and you know we didn't really have those those teams like they did in the, in the '60s. The Packers were pretty darn lousy throughout the <laughs> '70s and '80s, as as we know. Um, but. Because of when my dad was, you know, when he was growing up, it was during the Packers glory days. So he was a Packer fan. You know, a lot of his friends were Packer fans. Uh, my grandparents' friends were all Packer fans. So one of the things I remember most and that really helped me maintain my my Packer uh, fandom over the years is every single Sunday we would all get together at somebody's house to watch a game. So we're nice. talking, you know, we're talking 10, 15, 20 people. You know, tons of food, tons of snacks. I remember I had one of those quote unquote uncles that wasn't really an uncle, but we referred to him as uncle. He would literally bring garbage bags full of popcorn and oh, nice. we would just all sit around and watch the game. Halftime, we'd go outside, toss the football around, go back in, you know, and, and catch the second half. And that's just one of the things I, re- I remember most. And like I said, that helped me maintain my my Packers fandom growing up in Chicago. So that's that's really how I became a a packer phone, a packer phone, a packer fan. I was just born into it, and and my parents and all their friends made it a lot of fun to grow up a Packers fan, even though they weren't that great of a team, and you know stuck with that ever since. Very so, yeah, cool, yeah, yeah. I, and I actually
1: didn't really know. I knew you know you grew up in Illinois, and that was one of the things. I mean, we. We met each other on um, Lombardi Lounge. Yep, yep. And that was one thing that I found intriguing was that you live, you know, you're living in, you know, Chicago and being a Packers fan uh, had to be tough. And so you can't see it right now, but I'm tipping my cap to you. Nice, nice. And uh, very cool. So there you have it a little snapshot into how Neebles became. A Packers fan. And, and and two
0: two quick fun facts here about Neebles that aren't really Packard related, but uh um our family has we my parents still own the uh the house that my grandma and uh her parents grew up in up in uh Monaco, Wisconsin. And I think the house just just celebrated its hundredth anniversary. Oh damn. So we've had this house in the family forever. And then another one, I was talking to my, my dad about my grandpa. He's passed away, unfortunately, my grandpa. But I was talking to him today about you know how he and, and grandma had met. And uh, like I said, they met at college. And what he would do is when they would go out on dates because they didn't have cell phones or things along those lines. Whenever my grandpa would get home from a date, he would call TMJ. Uh, you know, the old WTMJ, and asked him to play a specific song. I don't know what the song was, but a specific song. So my grandma would listen to the radio, and when TMJ played this song, she knew he was home. And it got to the point where it was going on so often that when he called in, uh, the the DJs at the time would just start the song with, uh, you, know, you know, you know who is home, and then they'd play the <laughs> song. So I thought nice. that was kind of neat. Very cool.
1: All in Wisconsin, too? Yep. 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 Yes, sir. Awesome. Well... I guess I'll round out this question real quick and how I became a Packers fan. And I know, you know, for those that tune in and uh, new listeners too, this might, you know, be new information, but my, you know, I was born into it. Uh, I was born and raised in Appleton, Wisconsin, uh, about 45 minutes south of Green Bay. A lot of where the opponent posing team will stay in the Paper Valley Hotel in, in Appleton, Wisconsin on College Ave. And so growing up, we'd used to bike down, it's probably like a couple miles or something. We used to bike down and see all the you know players that the Packers were playing. Ooh, were you, you a know? part
0: of the the mooning? The moonings I hear about. No, so I, I was uh, proper man. I was proper. Uh, I've always uh, been yeah, cordial. Right. Uh, uh-huh. I have been. I, I <laughs> mean,
1: uh, that'd be weird if I was like you know eight nine years old mooning them on my <laughs> little huffy <laughs> huffy bike. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But I, you know, it was. I was more, you know, enamored by the athletes. And so it is, I think it's interesting that, you know, I'm a huge Packers fan, obviously, but growing up, I was very much a players type of fan. Like I love Bo Jackson. I loved Deion Sanders and I, you know, I, I Jerry Rice, Joe Montana. Yep. I, I loved players. And so that was something that I looked forward to was biking down and seeing who, who the Packers would play. It used to fire up my dad because I was a Packers fan growing up, but like I said, I really got into players. And probably around 9 or 10 years old, you know, I was probably 90, 91, uh, Sterling Sharp, Don Mikowski. That is how I became a Packers fan, like where it switched from player to actual team and then Favre and Reggie White, grand yep. you know, perfect timing. But my grandfather, we still have um, his season seats, uh, season tickets. In our family, they've passed down. Um, It's now shared through all the cousins of the family. So we go to a couple games a year. You and I went to the divisional round playoff uh, in in Seattle, uh, uh, about 48, 49 yard line, 41 rows up, beautiful seats. And uh, so my grandfather, you know, being a huge Packers fan, my dad being a huge Packers fan, well, my dad being deaf and, you know, I'm a sign language interpreter, um, but My dad being deaf, how he became such a huge Packers fan because my dad and my grandfather did not communicate. They did not share the same language. And so the interesting thing about my dad becoming a Packers fan is that football players like Mar Fleming and um, a, a few are escaping me. But my dad went to an oral school in Green Bay that was right next to where the Packers practiced. and. From what my dad has told me and some of my dad's friends is that the Packer players befriended my father. They, they, awesome. They would like you know keep an eye out for the deaf kid that would come by, and so it became more for him. It was it was an escape. He looked forward to hanging out with Packer players, and they gave him the time of day and you know throw the football around. And so I think you know that really gave him momentum. It gave him some. I don't know, a little pep in his step growing up in a very, very dark time to have a hearing loss and be deaf, no sorts of communication. So sure, growing up, it wasn't until my dad shared that story with me. I wasn't until I wasn't like, I must've been like 18 or 19 years old when my dad told me and it all clicked where I'm like, that's why it's so important. To my dad used to freak out on Sundays and I never knew why it meant so much to him. And then it passed down to me. And so, uh, yeah, that is how I became a Packers fan and uh, try to carry
0: on that torch. Very cool. And do do we ever talk about uh, the fact that you and I actually shared our very first Packers game not knowing the very first Packer game that we each went to? We were it was the same game. Do we ever talk about that? We have not talked about that. Enlighten us. Well, as we discussed, I believe it was, uh, didn't we say it was a preseason game? Against the uh, Chiefs. Against the Chiefs, yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. My, and my actually, very first game, your very first game. First
1: game, and I've got a perfect story for the segue for the second question. Awesome. Um, with that, but yeah, our first game. So another reason, you know, you and I co-hosting going to the first packers game um having strong familial ties to the green bay packers uh it's not just a football team it's not just a sports franchise it, it, it's something more there's a pulse oh, yeah. um there's um life in it and it's uh it's vibrating and i'm getting excited and i'm getting a little verklem talking about it but moving <laughs> on to our second question which i'll tie into our um our first Packers game, so we didn't go together, ga- I haven't known you since no, I was no, no, uh, eight correct. or nine years old, but we were at the game together, and I'd like to think that, you know, the stars were aligning for the Unknown Packers podcast, Waypack, yep. in late 80s,
0: early <laughs> 90s. W- Too cool.
1: But with that, I'll just start it off with our pa- uh, favorite Packers player, Past. Okay. And, and mine is Sterling Sharp. Nice. And... The reason being, too, is that at that Kansas City Chiefs playoffs game, a, a retired uh, Green Bay Packer, uh, Robert K- Kowalski, okay, he ended up unfortunately dying in a car crash uh, in the 90s, missed Super Bowl 31. He, was, uh, he attended the same church that my parents and I grew up in. He was a retired Packer. And so my dad connected to him. Well, we bumped into him outside of the game. He grabs my hand. And we start running. I mean, this is what my memory is showing. We start running towards uh, all these cars that are lined up. And we pull up or we we stop on this really small red sports car. And it was Sterling Sharp. And oh, wow. uh, Robert goes, hey, this is a good friend of mine, Bryce. He's a huge Packers fan. Uh, they had known each other. And for those that might not be aware, Sterling Sharp did not talk to the media. He did not talk to fans. Oh, uh, he, no. You know, he was uh, very reclusive. And so it, my memory remembers that there was a little going back and forth. <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> Sterling was like, hey, I, I kind of want to And Robert's like, please, I've got this kid here. And so Sterling, sure enough, gets out, signs my, uh, I believe it was um, it was the 1991 program. And he had just awesome. signed that contract. Ron Wolf had just signed him that ten-year contract, and uh, he was coming off an injury. He ended up having that career-ending neck injury, but uh, from that moment on, you know Sterling Sharp became a favorite Packer player. And obviously, the first playoff game that the Packers won in like twenty-five years, Favre to Sterling Sharp against Detroit in the Silver Dome, where Favre, you know, rolls out, you know, contorts his body and just heaves this long looked like a prayer in there with Sterling Sharp in the end zone that gave the Packers their first playoff win in, I think it was, 25, 30 years. But Sterling Sharp, that's my favorite past Packer. Who's your favorite past Packer?
0: Well, it's kind of funny because that same trip in which you went and met and had a good experience with Sterling Sharp... I actually had a poor experience with Sterling Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, same day? Nah, I don't, no, it wasn't the same oh. day because um, we went up there for a couple of days. And uh, just to make this a, a quick story, um, I had wandered over outside the Hudson Center and was just kind of watching them practice. And he happened to be doing some laps or whatever outside. And I'm like, oh, Sterling, blah, 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 blah. And he kind of comes over and he just yells. He's like don't you have anything better to do? And then oh, just geez. runs inside and slams the door. I'm like, okay. So, you know, as a young kid, I was you know, I was pretty heartbroken at the time. So I don't have a good, I, I don't look at him in the, the same way as you do, unfortunately.
1: If he would have not given me an autograph, that would have changed the whole trajectory For of sure. how I probably viewed the Packers. You know, I was nine at the time. For sure. Eight or nine years old. So, yeah, he got in his car, he sped off. And I remember other, you know, fans being like, Sterling, Sterling. Yeah, he signed... My program got in his car and left. But I did end up meeting Andy Reid later that day, oh, too. Cool. Remember Steve McMahon? Yeah. Mc- Steve McMichael? Steve McMichael, yep. Steve McMichael. I uh, remember him. I don't know if that was that same day, but definitely uh, in that same couple years. But that's where players used to come out of a side door mm-hmm. and you just
0: wait. The glory days, the glory days. Uh, but- it's funny you mentioned Steve McMichael because uh, um, my uh, is, is he my, your favorite past Packer? No, not at all. <laughs> no, but what I was gonna say is uh, another thing that you don't know about me that was just completely unrelated to everything is uh, my my grandma actually had passed away when I was young. I think I was I was under ten. Uh, I was real oh, young, man. and my grandpa ended up remarrying. Well, the the woman that uh, he ended up remarrying, her her, her son-in-law was uh, he actually played for the Bears. Oh, he was really? on the '85 Super Bowl team. Oh, really? so, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, so that was kind of interesting. Always seeing uh, seeing him around, being a a part of fans. Events. So yeah, so yeah. Anyway, but um, my favorite pass player. I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a, a Jacob Westendorf and break some rules here nice. because I actually I'm gonna rattle off three names here. Okay. Oh, geez. you're killing well, me. <laughs> well, 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 here we go. So. The first one is the first one. I never got to see him play live or on TV. Okay. The second one is someone that he did not spend his whole career with the Packers. And then the third one I'm going to name, he was actually my true favorite at the time. Uh, The first one was Ray Nitschke. Okay. And the reason why he was my favorite is I did have the opportunity to meet him as a kid. Uh, He, you know, he was doing some local events and meeting him. He was just. He was a giant. He was this enormous, scary looking dude, but he could not have been nicer. I mean, he, you know, he bent over backwards. He was super nice to to me as a kid. He was nice to my parent or my, my dad. And he had these hands that were like, we talk about catcher's mitts for hands. I mean, he, when he shook my hand, it like just swallowed my, the, my my whole entire hand. And he was just, he could have been nicer. So, you know, I was a big fan of him after that. Second one was uh was Reggie White. You know, yeah, as as defense. everybody, oh yeah, just how he played. You know what he brought to the game, how he was on and off the field. Uh, I I love that guy, and that was one that when he passed away, that that one that one shook me. I did not take that that well. But uh, my favorite all time pass Packer player was uh, Leroy Butler. Ah, uh, the leap. Yep, and you know for him it was basically. I I started really following him. When I heard about his uh, his back his backstory um, about how he grew up, in, you know, wheelchair bound. Yeah. When he turned, you know, six, he was able to kind of walk around a little bit in the leg braces. And then one day, when his sister was going out to play, she knocked him out of his wheelchair, knocked the the leg braces out, off, and he kind of got up and figured he found out he was able to to walk and go outside and play. And then he started running, and he ended up being faster than all his friends. That's at ten, you know at 10 he started playing football for the neighborhood team and then he was heavily recruited going into high school was a unanimous selection for all American, heavily recruited out of college. and then you see what kind of career he had yeah. as you know as a packer. I mean he led the way for modern day safeties. He invented the Lambo leap. Uh, you know, he was just one of those guys that you couldn't help but root for. And again, yeah, I was devastated when he broke that shoulder blade, and that was yep. it. I mean, he had a decent career—what, twelve years? But it seems like he could have kept going on forever. And you know, said so when he when he broke that shoulder blade, it was again. I was I was devastated as a fan. But yeah, Leroy Butler, he is my my all time favorite pass backer. And that's uh, Jeremiah Wayman's too. I that believe, guy.
1: Yeah, I believe Jeremiah still has a. Uh... Like a middle school jersey. Uh, Oh, awesome! I don't know if it still fits him, but I know he used to wear (laughs) it. So, uh, yeah, Leroy Butler's his favorite too, and it's a crying shame that he's not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, It is, like you said, modern safety. What he, you know, when I think of a versatile safety, I think of him, and nothing gave me goose, nothing gave me uh, more goosebumps than seeing seeing Leroy Butler completely just blindside a quarterback on a blitz, and so. Thank you for the memories. That's why we love doing these podcasts because oh, I'm just, yeah. you know, just going through the memory bank and picking up all these great memories. And with that, uh, who's your favorite current Packer? Uh, my favorite or current-ish,
0: current-ish Packer.
1: Yeah, you, know you can what? bend the rules, I guess.
0: Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna say right now is probably Devontae. Uh, I know it's, you know, it's a pretty easy pick, you know, nothing too, nothing too exciting, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead. And if you want to go back and and check the old, I used to be very active on the Packers.com insider inbox, you know, chat room. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I was, uh, I was known as floppy McPractice squad. That was my handle. And uh, I was one of the few that actually was on the the, the D train from the beginning. Nice. You know, I, 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 never, I never wavered. I was not one that wanted him to be cut. You know, I, I spoke up for him loudly. And, of course, he's listening. So, you yeah, know, he give me a call. What up, d Yeah, give me a call, Tay. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so he, he's my
1: favorite. He's my awesome. favorite. Awesome. Well, I love him and i can't wait to see what he continues to do i oh, think yeah. there's a lot more left in the tank i think he's just getting started
0: oh yeah just signed with jordan too didn't he with uh, oh yeah yeah i think he just got an endorsement deal with uh with jordan so nice i did not on know him. that
1: mm-hmm. very cool mm-hmm. oh man he that just i might have to get some like jordan tay heck yeah i'm gear. in gear <laughs> yeah that sounds awesome <laughs> i'm very in cool. well uh my favorite current packer is the one throwing to Devontae adams oh uh, there you uh, go aaron Rodgers. i you know, we had Dusty Evely on on Tuesday for our guest episode with him, Dusty Evely on tap, and he, his favorite current player is Aaron Rodgers, and Dusty Evely does a wonderful job of breaking down film, and a lot of film breakdowns that he does is Aaron Rodgers. And so I've always been a huge fan of Rodgers, um, was a huge fan of him when he got drafted. For me, when he fell and the Packers snagged him up, I... I got super excited because I knew what he could do in college. And then to see what he did in that Dallas Cowboys game in, what, 2007, uh, when Favre went out, almost willed us to a victory. But you got to see what he was capable of, how he's endured, uh, you know, the divorce and uh, even like the gay rumors when we were, uh, what, 2012, 2013. I remember that. And then the family trials and tribulations. And he just rolls with the punches. And just inside and out, I just feel is a good guy. And uh, I'm hoping from start to finish, he retires a Packer. But what Aaron Rodgers does with the football, um, he completely geeks me out. I know that maybe for some, he had a down year. But there are still so much more that he can do. And I'm excited to see how he... The way he just approaches the game... How cerebral he is, how confident he is in his ability, how he works on his craft, very much like Devontae Adams, too, yeah. uh, an evolved player. I still think that there's more left in the tank. But yeah, Aaron Rodgers, what I mean, what what more needs to be said about that?
0: Yeah, you you nailed that right on the head. He's uh, he's a good dude. I like him. I like he's, him. He's a good, good good folk. That's right. That's right. All right, moving on. What do we got? Favorite favorite, me- favorite memory? Oh, yeah. You want to go oh, first? Yeah. I will.
1: And talking about, you know, in that 2007 season where we got to see Aaron Rodgers a little bit, well, that playoff in the 2008 playoffs, the Snow Globe game, my favorite Packers memory because I was at the game too. Nice. And just that whole game. I might actually have to re... I'm going to rewatch watch that. I might re-watch that uh, okay. tonight after we're done recording. But the Packers being down 14-0 due to Ryan Grant's fumbles. And it wasn't snowing at that time. And... You know, Favre coming back, uh, scoring three touchdowns. Ryan Grant scoring three touchdowns. The Packers advancing to their first NFC championship game in 10 years. You know, in that moment, in that snow globe game, Packers historians, NFL historians, they still talk about this game. In that moment, there's just some very vivid memories. And for me, you know, seeing Aaron Rodgers throw a snowball at Donald Driver and him laughing. Mm -hmm. Well, in my mind, when the Packers came back and beat the Seattle Seahawks, in my mind, I thought it was the storybook legend that he was, they were advancing in the NFC Championship, who I thought they were going to play Dallas. Dallas was the one seed, but the Giants knocked off Dallas, and then the Giants came to Green Bay for the NFC Championship game, the, one of the coldest games ever. And But in that moment, in that Snow Globe game, in my mind, I had just pictured Favre riding off in the sunset with the Super Bowl Championship. The way the environment was, the whole snow... Being in those seats, and I don't know, just thinking about how much the Packers have had an impact on my family probably got my dad through his really rough childhood of being deaf. And so, all those things, um, that just sticks out for me. Uh, I've had a ton of other great memories of going to Packer games, uh, watching Packer games, but that Snow Globe game, it just gives me chills. And I'm actually going to watch that t-
0: tonight. I'm going to do it in Naples. I'm going to watch it tonight. I, I think you should. I think you should definitely. Hmm. All right. Well, my favorite memory, and uh, my, I, I kind of went back and forth between you know, between between a couple of them, but I guess the one that had the biggest impact on me at at the time, um, it's always it, it was always the the instant replay game. Oh, yeah, the after, House, after we did talk it, about uh, this. Yes, yeah. yes, we did. So, and again, I, and I think it was one of those things that. Uh, my reaction you know being a, a goofy kid made it more memorable uh, <laughs> i i just remember you know, after they the you know the call was uh, reversed and the or whatever the touchdowns stood i was i probably spent a good half an hour reenacting the play uh, i would be i would run with the ball up to let me back up a minute here. I would use the the threshold of a of a doorway we had between the living room and the family room and that was like my line of scrimmage. So I just kept going running up to that line of scrimmage and and tossed my football to the couch uh and you know who was my receiver and my my uh just kept doing that over and over. My good friends at the time, my next-door neighbors, they were Bears fans. I remember oh, running yeah. over to their house and pounding on the door and rubbing it in and I'm pretty sure I even took some sort of victory lap around the bike around the block on my bike. So I was <laughs> yeah, I was super stoked for whatever, you know, for obviously it was just exciting, you know, for beating the Bears in that fashion. But just for for some reason, I just, you know, that was just it was fun time. And I I just remember how hyped I was at that. I mean, that and that's going to go down as as you know, I said my favorite memory, something I will always, always remember.
1: That's awesome. And I think like Lindy and Fonte and I think they went 10 and six that year. I think it was like their first winning season. And yeah, however, and then, uh, yeah, what a couple, was it two years later, (laughs) Ron Wolf fires, Lindy and Fonte or a year later. (laughs) Um, wasn't very long. Well, Lindy lost the locker room. He lost his players. And, but you know, Lindy and Fonte has a special place in my heart too. Maybe not for other, maybe not for my father, but I don't know. Sure. Anyway, (laughs) Well, there you yeah. have it. Yeah. A little first half of getting to know you on tap. You get to know Neebles a little bit more. You get to know me a little bit more. And whether we'll, you like it or not, yeah, whether you, I mean, some, you can just turn it off, I guess. And that, that's, <laughs> It's a good that's thing it. we gave
0: them a warning first.
1: <laughs> that's their, that's <laughs> just their skip decision. to the second half. <laughs> that's their autonomy. They, that's their free will. And uh, we'll continue to sprinkle this on moving forward. This is a lot of fun. This gave me juice. I'm ready for the second half Let's do of it. Uh, some XFL reviews, some GM questions, some hot topics. We're take a quick commercial don't break. don't forget xfl news i did say xfl oh news. did you well i yeah. wasn't paying attention xfl news gm questions and hot, hot topics top. there yeah. you go another right. round enjoy this commercial break go pack go
0: this episode is brought to you by sonic transformation here at sonic transformation we believe that every good audio project starts with a good foundation We want to help you build that foundation, whether it be through commercial products or things you have around the house, no job is too big or small. We can make your podcast sound the best it can with what you have and a little nudging along the way. No equipment? No problem. Our consultants can help you get set up on your budget and in your space. Do you already have an established podcast but don't have the time to edit or just wish it sounded better? We can take care of that for you as well. Check us out at www.sonictransformation.com. Again, that's www.sonictransformation.com. Sonic Transformation. Your sound, refined.
1: for the second half of getting to know you on tap and you'll probably get to know me a little bit more with these GM questions and I'll try to do my best not to look like a buffoon and because <laughs> uh, I know you did, I, I know you did your prep. I know you're bringing your A game. You've been taunting me with your texts about the That's GM right. questions, but That's right. first and foremost, get, We've got some XFL news. Oh, man. All, I... is, all is not lost. That's right. I thought what? this day would never come. <laughs> no, me too. Uh, give us your little XFL re- recap.
0: All right. Well, in XFL news, we have a couple of player signings, players that uh, were taken out of the XFL and brought up to the big leagues. We will start out with, um, with PJ Walker. Any Houston roughneck, roughneck fans that share allegiances with the Carolina Panthers should be very excited. The Panthers signed standout quarterback P.J. Walker to a deal this week. Walker finished with 1,338 passing yards, 15 touchdowns, and only four interceptions. He led the Roughnecks to a lead leaguing 5-0 league league-leading 5-0 record before the coronavirus-shortened season ended. P.J. Walker's teammate, cornerback Dietrich Nichols also finds himself with a deal this week, having been signed by the New Orleans Saints. Now, Nichols was with the Saints in their final three games of 2019 before heading to the XFL, and now he is right back there again. Nichols finished the XFL season, tallying a league-leading three picks while adding a sack and totaling 24 tackles. And then finally, we had a third signing this week. Rounding out the group of players, we have Jordan Ta'amu of the St. Louis Battlehawks. He was added as depth to the Kansas City Chiefs roster. His final stat line of the short season had him with five touchdowns, two picks, 1,050 yards, and a 71.2 completion rate, which was the best in the league. So... Congrats to those three guys getting a chance in the NFL and I would expect to have a few more signed over the next couple of weeks and we will bring you up to date should that happen. And we, you know, when we did our XFL on tap where we talked about, you know, the new XFL
1: season, that was the whole point. It was not to replace the NFL, but it was to be a segue, a conduit into the NFL where, you know, you you ball out, you top off, you shine. And this is what happens. You get to play in the NFL again. You get to punch your ticket once again. So I, I'm pumped uh, for PJ and I'm pumped for Jordan. I, I missed the third one. So that was news to me. Who uh, Was it Dietrich? Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, Dietrich Nichols. Uh, Dietrich Nichols. Cornerback. Uh, I missed that. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: So there you have it. I learned so a little bit on in on uh, the XFL review and it lives to see another episode. The XFL oh, review. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And now it yes. is time, famously said by Kevin Green, former linebackers <laughs> coach. <laughs> it is time. It is time for the GM
0: questions. I'm ready, Nibbles. I'm right. ready. Yeah, I don't. I don't see any tricky ones on here. So you, you, you may be in in, in good shape. So let's uh, let's roll. All right, all right. Number one. Now we already know what you think about the Packers. Or I'm sorry, we already know what you think about the players that the Packers have added in free agency. But what are your overall thoughts regarding the Packers' approach to free agency so far? To be
1: expected. If you follow what General Manager Brian Gutekunst has said, he was not going to make the splashes this offseason. They don't have the cap money. And what I appreciate is that he is a man of his word. He leaves no stone unturned. Uh, They will look at every single player, and he has committed to that. He has followed through on that, uh, which is super exciting to see. What he's going to do moving forward, uh, he's brilliant. The approach this year of letting Balaga, Blake Martinez, and Fackrell go, securing some comp picks for the 2021 draft where we've got some key players that'll probably be leaving, uh, that's for another episode. But the splashes last year, that needed to happen. Ken Ingles said it on our Salary Cap on Tap episode because Ted Thompson failed at fortifying the roster with the draft and develop approach and not going after free agents because he wanted those comp picks. This is what Gudekunz had to do last year. He had to fortify the team. And boy, did he ever uh, hit on all four. Say what you will about Billy Turner, he still hit on that. Yep. And I'm excited. You know, you bring in Christian Kirksey, you bring in uh, Ricky Wagner. And you just signed Devin Funchess. What you're doing, these are shrewd moves that are rounding out the depth chart. So I uh, I love Brian Gutekunst. Uh, in Gutekunst, we trust. He just continues to surprise me. You think you have him like, oh, this is what his pattern is. And uh, he just, uh, I love the comp game. I love what he's doing right now. He knows that next year, Rogers got a $45 million cap hit. Also, he did not want to spend that money. You can't. You can't have those
0: big contracts. So I love it. Perfect. All right. I like it. That's an acceptable answer for sure. All right. All right number two here. This is maybe a little bit tricky one, kind of make you make you reach into the depth of your noggin. As a GM, what do you think is more important, a healthy locker room or a healthy cap? Well, that's a good question.
1: Um, I, I think you got to go locker room. It's got to be fun to play. And we've experienced, you know, even last year where Randall Cobb was like, it's not fun, you know, in this locker room and look what it did. And look what happened this past year with Coach Lafleur and um, Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith coming on board and really Gudakunst, really Mark Murphy buying into Gudakunst and him instilling this culture. So I'm going to go happy locker room. But it's you don't have that without the cap. So yeah. I think what's I think what's impressive is that you can sign Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, Adrian Amos, Billy Turner to these big contracts. They can come on this team and they can gel, and you can win. That typically doesn't happen in other organizations. You have these large contract players. There's a lot of greed, jealousy, envy. Um, you didn't have that. So a lot of kudos to Gutikonsend and Coach Lafleur
0: for instilling that. Awesome. All right. Perfect. All right, next question here. Now, we dipped into the free agent class of 2021 with Dusty earlier this week. If mm-hmm. you could only choose one of them to bring back, who would it be and why? That's a tough one. I
1: you know, Packers don't really give out um what a third contract to players, but I just think it's really hard to come by a a top tier, arguably might be the best left tackle in the game with David Bakhtiari. Um, He had a down year last year if you're looking at just what his overall career has been. A lot of, you know, penalty miscues was banged up, but him and Corey Lindsley are both free agents. I think you got to make him a priority. I'm also in the same vein with Dusty too is that I love me some Aaron Jones, so it pains me to think that this might be his last season with the Green Bay Packers, so I say since it's my answer, I will say um, if we could bring back Aaron Jones on a like a, like a two-year, three-year deal that's cheap, by all means, but he's not going to do it. He's going to make himself a lot of money, sure. I think. So in a perfect world, I'd love to, to bring back Aaron Jones because I think he's just scratching the surface. I think realistically, you need to bring back David Bakhtiari, unless you draft a left tackle in the first or second round this year, but you lose Balaga,
0: then you lose Bakhtiari. That's tough. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, here's a bit of a crazy one for you. Now, we know that Aaron Rodgers was very vocally against the new CBA. Didn't like it. Now that it has passed, can you see him saying the heck with it and riding off into the sunset earlier than expected? Interesting. I did not think about that. And that scares the shit out of me. <laughs> Oof.
1: I, you know, I think he might be he doesn't seem like a guy like out of spite to do something. I think that he loves the game and yeah, I think he loves the game and if his body and his ability is still on par with his expectations and his overall performance, I think he's going to play as however long he's going to play. I think ideally he wants to end his, his career with the green Bay Packers. He wants to, you know, this last contract play till 40 yeah, that's interesting, though. I, I just don't see him as a spiteful person, as to spite the NFL, if he can still do it. But
0: oh, that's a great question, actually. Oh, thanks, thanks. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I, I don't see it coming. That's why I said it was kind of a crazy one, so... Oh, I all thought right. you were saying I tend to agree with them. There it was a good question. I was like, "Oh, okay." Very, no, 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 uh, humble no. man. That's <laughs> right. It was a great question. Thanks, Deebles. That's right. right. <laughs> I was like, "All right, okay." <laughs> all right, we got one more tough one, and then two, you know, two almost pop quiz like questions for oh, you. Man, I'll be the judge of that. Yeah. Nebels. All right. Fine. All right. So here is a list of all the quarterbacks the Packers will face on the road next season: Brady, Breeze, Rivers, Garoppolo, Watson, Cousins, and St. Stafford and then Poss obviously now Foles in Chicago. Which are you most excited about and which one worries you the most? Give me that list again. All right, we got Brady, Breeze, Rivers, Garoppolo, Watson, Cousins, Stafford, Foles. Um, I'm eager to
1: I I, I want to see Brady Rogers, so I'm eager to see that, even though it's gonna be weird. With him being a Buccaneers, oh yeah, I did it's not gonna be see real that. weird. But I, I I'm, e- I'm really excited to see Brady Rogers. I want to see what Brady has left, and I don't know. There's just something about him, like. Is he going to prove people wrong? I just love the storyline. Was it Belichick? Was it Brady? So yep. I'm intrigued to see the Brady Rodgers and where that game falls. Okay. Um, and then the other question was, what scares me the most? Oh yeah, which which one worries you the most? Uh, Nick Foles with Chicago. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, which scares me? Um, I don't know. I I think maybe the San Francisco 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe okay. it's with, with Shanahan and his ability if if the Packers were to lose to the Niners again, I wonder what that does to your psyche. I wonder sure. what that does for storylines, media, sensationalism, all that stuff. So I'm worried about it because I think that we can I think we could beat the Niners. Um and I think LaFleur can evolve, but I, it would worry me if Shanahan beats Lafleur. Then I started thinking, does Shanahan have LeFleur figured out?
0: All right, perfect. All right, now we have two. the last two here again. They're kind of along the lines of the pop quiz questions you like to give our guests. So I'm going to throw them right back at you. The first Aren't, one is, if you could pick, and like I said, we, I may know the answer to this already because we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, but if you could pick one Packers game to watch for eternity and one that you— Will never be able to watch again. What would they be?
1: Uh, One to watch for eternity, and one to never watch
0: again. Yeah. So um, one that you'll never ever be able to see again. Almost like it doesn't exist, even though you know it happened.
1: (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to. I'm gonna I'm gonna split. So I'm gonna say to watch eternity. I'm gonna go Super Bowl Fifty. Okay. Uh, and then uh to watch once and never again. I'm I'm gonna go Super Bowl 31 and okay. just to have that memory. But dang it, I thought that was a tougher question too because I I want to watch the snow globe again. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. See, but there you go. Uh, the two Super Bowl championships I think are just uh, they're awesome, and I'll never. There are two different uh, moments in my life. One, I was 13, and my parents had just gotten divorced, and so this was really important to me. Sure, and um. 2010, uh, I actually was uh, going through uh, an off and on again relationship and it was at the tail end of that and my grandmother had just passed. Ah, so okay. my grandmother's funeral was the same day that the Packers played the Falcons and Tremond's pick six at the wow. end of the first half. So um, yeah, those two games, not only championships, but those two games, uh, different um, turning
0: points in my life. Okay, good, good answer. I like it. And I don't know what the deal with this last question is. I must've been hungry or something when I wrote it. But uh, if you had to eat one thing for dinner every day for the rest of your life, what would it be? Like one meal. So it could be, you know, it could be a, like steak and potatoes or not just one item, but you know, one one, one meal? complete meal for dinner, but you had to eat it every day for the rest of your life. So I love dumplings,
1: Mm. I I love soup dumplings, zhao Long bao, so like potstickers, gyoza. So I would probably do like some sort of like dumpling smorgasbord where I would get nuts like pierogies and croquettas. I'd do some deep fried dumpling, like anything that's (laughs) anything that's stuffed, like, you know, but my, my, my latest food obsession right now is zhao Long bao shanghai soup dumplings where it has little soup in the dumpling it's amazing so yeah that would be that would be my
0: that would be my meal that sounds delicious now i'm hungry so i'll see you uh, later you're gonna finish the show by yourself and i'm gonna go eat dinner
1: we'll end um with uh uh down in chicago there's some really good uh soup dumpling places fyi
0: okay well, we'll have to talk about that sometime and when we're a lot out of the house and uh, have to check it out. And um,
1: total just uh, lapse of judgment, That's Super Bowl 50, Super Bowl 45. Um, gotcha. So Super Bowl 45 XLV and then Super Bowl 31. So Super Bowl 45 for eternity and Super Bowl 31 one last time. Gotcha. Perfect.
0: All right. Well, that was uh golf clap. Nicely done once again. Couldn't stump to, you. Couldn't stump want, you. Uh, you kind of, uh, there's some, I mean, the CBA question
1: with with Rogers got me thinking, oh boy, it's a <laughs> little too early for that. And um, the the quarterbacks, uh, yeah, that's a great question. I wanted
0: to ask you, if you could have one dinner or one meal, what would it be? Oh, goodness gracious. See, you, you made me hungry with all that that dumpling talk. <laughs> I, I don't even know. Right. I don't uh, even know. Uh, we, we need to do some dumpling
1: dates. Well, heck yeah, I'm down. I'm next down. Time, next time you're in Milwaukee, uh, I hope. Uh, we just took takeout uh, the other night, trying to support local business as much yes, as we sir. can. But I hope. Momo Me in Milwaukee. Um, it's an Asian restaurant, Zhao Long Bao. We know the owners pretty well. Um, I hope they can make it through this. So I'm Definitely. really, really concerned. Um, but if they do... Next time you're up in Milwaukee, I'll take you there.
0: I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, support your support your local uh, restaurants, folks. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, for you know, I I don't even know. Uh, for me, I'm a big you know dumplings. Made me think of Chinese food. I'm a huge Chinese food fan. Yeah, buddy. So I think you know if I can go and just you know sit down and eat dinner at a Chinese food restaurant, you know, get some nice. Uh, I like I like barbecue pork fried rice. Have you actually had barbecue pork fried rice? I don't know about the fried rice but I've had barbecued pork like Chinese Korean barbecued pork okay um, but not fried but, rice yeah so, so that's this what is what I need to do this is fried rice that actually has pieces of barbecue pork in it so you get a little bit of sweet you get the you know savory from the rice so give me a little barbecue pork fried rice a couple egg rolls maybe some uh, general towels or some beef and broccoli I'd be a happy, oh. happy camper
1: all right all right we're gonna have ourselves a really good Asian cuisine. Uh, meal one of these times oh, once yeah. uh, the safer at home restrictions and once we beat coronavirus COVID-19. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap up the episode with some hot topics. Hot topics. And we're going to go back and forth real quick. So the first hot topic is Devin Funches, formerly of the recently Indianapolis Colts. Yep. And... Carolina Panthers, former second round draft pick, uh, signs a one-year deal with the Packers. Uh, Numbers are still uh, looming as we record. We don't, we're not aware of that. Presumably
0: a veteran minimum type deal if, you know,
1: if if the rumors are true. With some like incentives built in, like, you know, production, practice, if he can stay healthy. Yeah, he signed a one-year deal, $10 million deal last year with the Colts right and then broke his collarbone i believe yep, like yep. week 1 sure so, did so he i don't what's your take on this so people were freaking out on twitter yeah,
0: people are <laughs> yeah, definitely... I mean, pe- that's, that should not... I mean, that's normal,
1: but... Right, geez. right. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of hate. You know, it's one of those things that I don't know enough about him, really, to pass judgment at this point. I mean, I can only go by what I've heard. I mean, yeah, apparently he has a very high drop rate, so on and yep. so forth. Yep. Um, you know, He's a big body guy, 6'4", 236 pounds. But what I like is he's only 25 years old, so yeah. it could be the point where... You know he he still has a high ceiling. He's not you know he hasn't hit that point where he is what he what he is yet. Uh, I was kind of doing a little bit of research on him, and one thing I liked is per Panthers Wire, what they said about him is he is a solid route runner, which is good. He is a very solid competitor, but he is he lacks confidence. Ooh, so okay, you know, playing behind you know. Cam for a couple years. I mean, Cam is Cam is what he is. He's not he's not a bad quarterback by any means, but he's no Aaron Rodgers. And then you're spending that you know the one game with Jacoby Brissett uh, before breaking the collarbone. I think if you pair him up with someone like Aaron Rodgers, that's going to be an instant uh, instant boost in confidence for him. Yeah, I hope that he does well. You know, he had a decent year in 2017. He had uh, 63 catches for 840 yards and eight touchdowns. So Mm -hmm. I'm hoping to get that sort of production out of him going forward. Even though his production dropped in 2018, he still finished with 44 catches for 549 yards and four touchdowns, which doesn't sound like very good numbers. But when you think about it, if you look at our receivers last year, those numbers are better than all of our receivers <laughs> that aren't named Devontae Adams. I know, <laughs> you know. So mm-hmm. I I have utmost confidence in in you know what what Goot saw Goody saw in him, and I wish him the best. And I'm going to put it right here, right now, that uh, I am going to be when he when he plays well and shows all the haters up, I am going to be the the president of the the Funchy bunch. The Funchy Bunch. Look at you, man. You oh, are yeah. full
1: of great ideas. Holy crap. That is that is great. And you know what? I'll join because I was, if I'm Devin and I go on Twitter after just signing with the Packers, I'm having some serious thoughts, like reconsiderations of this fan base. Like we're oh, supposed yeah. to be a great, I want to swear, a great fan base. But <laughs> I just, for me, it clearly, re- he's going to replace Geronimo Allison Snaps. And he's a he's a slower guy. You said I, I believe we were texted back and forth that he was a former tight end in college. Yeah, he so, was
0: listed as a tight end and then converted to receiver. But he yeah, he played at Michigan and yep he was supposed to be a nightmare matchup coming out of out of Michigan. He just never yep. amounted to it. So mm-hmm. and from what I remember, I mean, he torched the Packers. What in twenty? Is twenty
1: sixteen? Not sure. I, yeah, I remember him torching it. He just seems like a he could be a nice red zone guy. And he he's only
0: 25 for crying out
1: loud. Or 26. Yeah. How, he's yeah, young. 26, yeah. He's young. Yeah, super young guy. So, with that, I think it could be a very shrewd move. This screams Ron Wolf. Like, if you go back and watch the Legacy documentaries, Brian Gutekunst makes a couple clips in the 90 to 99 documentary. Mm-hmm. And the way Gutekunst lights up when he talks about Ron Wolf when he was there, is awesome because now you're starting to really see, I think, him, the the combining of Wolf and Thompson. And these are the types of moves that you make, you know, these low-risk gambles, uh, one-year, I'm hoping, like, we'll find out what the numbers are, but one-year deals and rounds out the roster. I'd much rather have him than Geronimo Allison. And he's, who knows what we do, but with that, Jeremiah's question had, with more big-bodied receivers right now, so you've got Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Equinemius St. Brown, uh, Devontae Adams now, Devin Funchess. Does His question is, rather than diminutive, speedier guys in the slot, does this mean that Gutekunst will stray away from that in the draft? I didn't respond to him via text. I wanted to have this conversation. But with that, what's your take on this?
0: Well... My take on that, you say, yeah, big body guys, they have a lot of them now. And it kind of goes back to, I think they'll look at, you know, if he's around, look at one of the guys that I've liked coming out. I haven't talked about him much. Um, but I was, as soon as I started reading about uh, Jalen Rigor, I was kind of, I was kind of sold on him. Nice. Uh, you know, Smaller guy, 5'11", 195, you know, one of those, those, uh, you know, smaller guys playing the slot, whatever, shifty, shifty dudes. And I think they may go that route versus, mm-hmm. you know, your traditional real tall, long receivers. I think that that would kind of be a, a great fit, be, be a perfect move as far I, as I'm concerned. I think so, too. I think that Gutekunst
1: is, you know, he's shown that he wants speed on his team. So he did that with Jagger Alexander. He's done that with Darnell Savage and Rashawn Gary and Elton Jenkins, too, on the offensive line. He's a speedy guy. As an offensive lineman, but man, that guy gets to mm-hmm. the next level, just very powerful. And I think they're going to do the same thing with the wide receiver. So you bring in a guy, low risk, hope he can stay healthy and hope he can contribute. That's what I would like to see. Be a red zone guy, but I do believe, and my gut is telling me that my gut is telling me that Goot might go wide receiver, wide receiver. Okay, yeah. You know, one, two, uh, I don't know, maybe you'd take an offensive tackle, I know interior defensive lineman Ross Blaylock has become a real big Packers favorite on Twitter. Oh, yeah. But I think you invest on the offensive side of the ball. You I have like Jalen Rager. Justin Jefferson comes to Marine. Brian. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon Ayuk uh, out of Arizona State. You know, he's a little bit taller than five. I think he's like six one. Sure. But I think what this does is that he's rounding out his roster or his wide receiver depth and then he's going to inject some speed with the draft and so probably draft two wide receivers maybe back to Mac or maybe first round or second round and then in one in the later rounds and hope that Equinemius St. Brown can uh, bounce back from uh, his leg injury but that's what I'm on the same page with you is I think he'll go speed in the draft this is just a move because he does not have that much money to make a move without cutting Lane Taylor so that's my take.
0: Yeah. And I also think, yeah, you know, I, I like the, I like the move. I think that you, know, you said with, uh, with Funches playing tight end in college, I mean, he could also use that to kind of, to bolster the, the tight end group. I mean, yeah. he may still be labeled as a receiver, but used in more tight end type situations, you know, and you know, if we saw Sternberger kind of being used as a fullback a little bit yeah. last year, it could be a whole, whole shift on how this offense is set up. So like I said, I'm going to give him the benefit of the benefit of the doubt on this one, and I hope for the best. I, I think it could be another home run. One thing that does kind of irritate me is how everybody's saying that he's uh, oh, oh, I can't think of the the uh, injury prone, injury prone. Yep. Well, he missed three games out of his first four years, and then missed last year because of a broken collarbone. I don't really think that justifies an injury prone label. Am I crazy? No, I just think it, 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 coronavirus. You're staying
1: at home, locked down. You're quarantined. It just elevates the crazy even more. And I, I, I don't mean to. I don't mean to throw that word around. Loosely, right, right. But it just elevates more of these knee-jerk reactions. Not doing any sort of research. I'm sorry if you're listening right now. If that's the case, but Gudikuns knows more, and he's yep. so far. I trust in him. Yeah, he made some, you know, a swing and miss with Jimmy Graham here and there. But Jimmy Graham also made a very decisive third down catch in that playoff game yep. that made us advance t- to the NFC Championship game. So, you know what? It is what it is. I'm joining the Funchy Bunch. Is that what? Is that what yep. you're calling yes, it, Funchy sir. Bunch? Yes, sir. All right, Funchy. You heard it here first. Tra- <laughs> come aboard the train. I, I, you can't ride the train right now, but hopefully <laughs> within the next 30, 60 days, come aboard the Funchy Bunch train will probably still be practicing six to eight feet. Uh, yeah. But moving on to the second question, I thought this was my other uh, buddy, Steve Hughes. He's down on Rashawn Gary, or I should say he's concerned. And, you know, you are as well. Uh-huh. Does Rashawn Gary break out? You know, does... Is he a guy that is on the up and up? Is he ascending? And I know that we talked about it in our UPs, you know, him being a high draft capital, being taken 12th overall. Uh, Jacob Morley of Packer Report said that he had seven thresholds. Unfortunately, he didn't list those seven thresholds, but that's to him because he's the one that came up with it. Sure, but seven thresholds that Patton has uh, a type and. Rashawn Gary checked all those thresholds so I think that this is a project for for Mike Pettin I would much rather have a stud group at edge and have an okay inside linebacker I'm okay with having that but does he break out uh I don't know year one to year two jump maybe you know maybe it's more of a project I'm thinking maybe more down the road but I think that he could be a big time superstar if he can stay healthy. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I, I think he's he's due to break out this season. And, and what people have to remember is they are purposefully bringing him along slow. There is no rush to get him in there with you know with the Smiths. Um, now that Fackrell is gone, that should afford more playing time. You know, moving, being able to move Gary around the line a little bit more, put yeah. him in different places, find out where he really fits. And I mean, honestly, the dude just works too hard to not. Be good. You know what I mean. I mean, he's always posting stuff up on Twitter. Him working out, he works hard. You know, it it seems like he takes this way more seriously than than people thought he would. Because wasn't that a big knock in college that he just he wasn't. Yeah, you know, he didn't. He just didn't try very. Didn't seem to care. Well, I I think. From what I've seen, you know, he's he's proven the haters wrong in that aspect. And I absolutely expect him to get more snaps this season. Now, I may consider a breakout something different than what you would, than what he would, than what she would. But I definitely <laughs> expect to see, you know, what I would consider a breakout season from him next year. He, he has to. He has to. I As long as he stays healthy, you know,
1: him coming off that, Shoulder labor injury, Um, that's the big thing for me is that's something that you really can't control. And as long as he stays healthy, I think the sky's the limit. And to have him paired up with the Smiths along with Kenny Clark on that defensive line, that excites me and you can move him all all across the field. So or all along the line and in different packages. But uh, hopefully that answered Steve's question. And moving on to our third and final hot topic. Oh, yeah. No Tyler Irvin.
0: No, is Tyler he, Irvin. Is he not going to be part of the plans? Uh, you the know, sword? you know what? I, uh, uh it, it pains me. I mean, I, I Are we would, ended like, on a sour note without nah, getting to know, know you on tap. I think it, it could be one of those things that they're just waiting to see who they pick up in the draft. Because like I mentioned, you know, we talk about a couple of players that, you know, names escape me right now that are, you know, fit the mold of Tyler Irvin, but maybe do it a little bit better. You know, we got the Randall Cobb types out there. Yeah. Um, That kid from Kentucky. I don't remember what his uh, his name was. Lin Bowden. Yes. Yes. You know, if they Lynn land Bowden a player Jr., like yeah. that, then maybe they don't bring him back. Um, maybe someone comes in and swoops him up, but I I don't know. Like I said, I like to like to think they're just kind of checking to see where they are budget-wise, what they can do and, and working a deal. But you know, like I said you and me both. I think we'd definitely I would love to see him back. I think he could be a very valuable cog in this offense. I I thought the swerve was the word. I thought that yeah. he'd be back and
1: maybe it was just the Kool-Aid that that I was drinking, but man, in that Seattle playoff game that jet sweep you saw i don't know there's electricity there there there's yeah. something there and you know maybe it was a blueprint maybe it was a snapshot of what the packers want they want that type of you know there's a reason you know free agent i guess you you know picked him up off the street essentially you know, there's reasons for that, but uh, maybe this gave them an idea of thinking, okay, you know, we want that type of versatility or athleticism uh, in a player that we draft, maybe, so you have a little bit more control. But uh, I believe Jalen Rager is a, a punt returner and kick yep. returner, if I'm yep. not mistaken, too. I'm still getting into swinging things with uh, the football draft, but uh, whenever yeah. that uh, may be. <laughs> Whenever that may be. I mean, I think the draft is still going to occur. It'll all be online. Okay. Or uh, every GM will be on the screen, I guess, some sort of thing where gotcha. they'll still air it, but it'll be, uh, I mean, a lot of, who knows, a lot of things are up in the air. I. You know, we thought Swerve would be here, but overall, yeah. this, was, this was a great episode. Got to know you a little bit more. For sure. And... Um, survived the gauntlet of questions i think yeah and we got through another packers podcast episode oh so, yeah thank you everyone that tunes in you know this is our third season our third anniversary and i feel like we're just getting started uh t- take a look at all our different uh guest episodes that we've that we've had and that's going to continue moving forward we've got some uh nice guess uh on the schedule on the agenda that but uh we'll, we'll keep you on the edge of your seat and we'll release those information that information a little bit later on but any last words
0: Neebles? yeah I mean now that I've gotten to know you you've gotten to know me and uh you know the fans have gotten the fans oh geez the listeners <laughs> have gotten to know us a little bit better I mean shoot if there's anybody out there that that wants to answer those questions you know shoot us a, shoot us a message on Twitter and we'll uh Maybe we'll read them on an upcoming show. We'd like to get to know you guys a lot better as well. Absolutely. It's all about collaboration. It's all about bringing together the
1: one greatest passion that I can think of, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. I am your co-host, Bryce Christensen. And I'm Nables. And this is the Unknown Packers Podcast. Thank you so much for following the Unknown Packers podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Unknown Packers, as well as Facebook, Instagram, the Unknown Packers podcast. You can check us out on our website, theunknownpackers.com and a variety of different podcast platforms as well. You can also say, hey, Alexa, play the Unknown Packers podcast. That's right. We're friends with Alexa. Go Pack Go.
0: This podcast was edited and produced by Sonic Transformation. Sonic Transformation. Your sound, refined.